You're listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audiocast. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. And, and praise God. Acts 2.38 is that verse. It says, then Peter said unto them, repent, repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that scripture goes on and it says in verse 39, it says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Praise God. I also want to read to you guys this morning from Acts chapter 10, verse 44 and 45. It says, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I want to preach to you guys this morning just for a few minutes the gift for all. The gift that is for all. Praise God. Brother Conway, would you pray for us this morning? Lord God, we ask that you touch Pastor today, Father, as he brings forth this message on All Nations Sunday. Lord, we just ask that you continue to help our hearts and our minds to receive the word from you today, God. We ask you, Father, that you continue to bless the church and the people, God, and we ask that you touch this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord God. We magnify you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Praise God. The gift that is for all. Praise God. I want to take us back. I'm, I'm going to um, give you a, a little bit of history here in the Bible today. History is my favorite subject, in case y'all didn't know. I love history. I even have a, a degree in history, even though I don't really use it, except for maybe a little bit of church stuff. But um, I want to give you a little bit of history lesson in the first church, in, in the beginning of the church. <clears throat> um, the church we know that we have today began with Jesus, of course. He's the cornerstone. He is the foundation of the church. And and it began as a church body like we have today in the book of Acts. And if you want to know how we should have church, if you want to know how we should magnify, worship God, how we should um, be how we should be saved. If you want to know all these things, you look in the book of Acts, how they did it in the first church, because this is where it began. Now, we're going to go back a little bit further in some scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, if you have your Bibles with you. Matthew, chapter 16. This is where Jesus uh, told Peter that he was going to give him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He said in Matthew, chapter 16, verse 18, and I say also unto you that thou art Peter. He said he was Simon, but he changed it to Peter. He said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, if you know the word Peter means, anybody know what that means? It means rock. It means rock. That's what Peter means. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church, he said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever that thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. 
Praise God. So we see here that when Jesus was still with us, he was still with his disciples. He let Peter know that he was going to give him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, he didn't give them to him right then. You see, he was telling this to let him know that I'm going to give them to you, just not right now. There's going to be a point where I'm going to give you to the, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, let's fast forward a little bit. <clears throat> Jesus, as we know, is God manifest in flesh. God came down, became man in the form of Jesus Christ. And he lived a sin-free life, even though he went through the same temptations that each and every one of us go through, yet he sinned not. And he did this because he needed to be the sacrificial lamb, the spotless lamb for our salvation. And he, he allowed himself to be crucified on that cross up on Calvary for each and every one of our sins. And now that we're under the blood and we're washed by the blood, thank you, Lord God, for the blood. <clears throat> and after that, Jesus died on the cross, was buried, was resurrected, and he was with us for many days after. And many of the apostles, and, and not just the apostles, but hundreds of hundreds of people saw him after his death, saw him resurrected. Just before, now just before he went up to heaven, after he was resurrected, um, and before he went up to heaven, he had told his disciples to wait. I want you to wait in Jerusalem. I want you to go tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the promise that my father said you were going to have. Okay? So he told the disciples to go to Jerusalem and wait. And then he went up to heaven. And the disciples did as he commanded. They went to Jerusalem and they were waiting. They tarried in Jerusalem. And it was about a week before Pentecost when they got there. So they were in this upper room, all of his disciples, and there was 120 of them up in that upper room, 120. And if we fast forward to Acts chapter 2, <clears throat> on the day of Pentecost, they got there uh, about a week before Pentecost, and they were all up in that room praying to God, praying and waiting for the promise, for the gift that God was going to give them. Now, we have a hard time sometimes coming to church and praying for half an hour. Or even <clears throat> sometimes we have a hard time praying for 15 minutes. His disciples were up in that upper room praying for an entire week, waiting for the gift of the Holy Ghost, waiting for the gift that God promised them. <clears throat> and it tells us in Acts chapter 1, or Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. In one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And it says in verse 3, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each and every one of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. Now, I know there's a lot of people today that would say, well, that was for them back then. That was for them back in, in, in the Bible times, okay? <clears throat> and some people say, well, that was just for, for, the, for the Hebrews, for the Jews back then. That's not for us today. No. It's still here today. 
the gift of the Holy Ghost is for everyone. See, they were in the upper room, 120 of them, on the day of Pentecost. If you know anything about the day of Pentecost, that's 50 days after Passover. And we know that Jesus died on the cross on Passover. Amen? 50 days after the Passover is when the Holy Ghost fell. And they were in Jerusalem. And at the time, uh, the, the Jews, they would celebrate Pentecost just like they celebrated Passover. Thousands of thousands of thousands of people from all around the world, from different nations, they would come to Jerusalem to celebrate the day of Pentecost. They did. See, they, they celebrated it a little bit different than what we celebrate today. We celebrate it because this is where the gift of the Holy Ghost was poured out. They celebrated it for the 50 days after the Passover, and praise God. But there were people from all nations of the world there celebrating. And we had Jesus' disciples in the upper room praying, and they prayed through the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, and there were thousands of people all over the city celebrating Pentecost. And there were so many of them, there were many, many, many of them around where the upper room was, and they, they heard all these people in the upper room praying and praying, and they heard them begin to speak in other tongues. If we go on, it says in verse 5, And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad, when people started hearing it abroad, the multitude, they came together. It drew people there. The Holy Ghost was drawing people there. And all these people from different nations, they heard them speaking in their tongues. It drew them together. And it says, now, when they heard this noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. They were confused. They're like, whoa, what is this? Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And in verse 7, it says, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not these all Galileans which speak? Aren't these just Galileans? And, 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 and we all know that they were, most of them were unlearned men. They didn't know all these languages. So they're saying, well, how can we understand what they're saying in our own language? And it wasn't just one or two or three or four different languages or five different languages. Let me, let me go on. Hold on. <clears throat> Verse 8. And how hear we, every man in our own language, wherein we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and the dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Persia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes, Arabians, we do hear them speak in our in the wonderful work in our own tongues, the wonderful works of God. Praise God. It was a miracle of God. It was the Holy Ghost. It was God dwelling in them, speaking through them in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. It was the gift. It was the promise that God said he was going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And then there were others there. There were those that were all amazed, it says. And they doubted, saying one to another, what does this mean? What does this mean? But there were also those that were there that, that mocked it. And they said, these men must be drunk and full of new wine. They must be drunk full of new wine. I, I mean, come on now. 
They're speaking all these different languages. They weren't drunk on no new wine. And then Peter, this is the very first message that was ever preached in the, uh, the New Testament church. The very first message. Peter stood up and began to preach to them. All these thousands of people that are out there. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 2, verse 15, he said, For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing that it is but the third hour of the day. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk, okay? But this is that, he said. This is that which the prophet, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This was that that the prophet Joel was speaking about. In verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams. Praise God. This is that. When you start hearing us speaking in tongues, it's the Holy Ghost in us. It's God pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. <clears throat> and he began to preach to them how that it was them that just 50 days earlier chose to crucify the one true God on the cross, Jesus. He began to preach how Jesus came. It was God manifest in flesh. He was our, he's our Savior. And he came. He lived a sin-free life. And he performed all these miracles and wonders that no man can do except God. Only God. And he began to preach how when, when, they, when the, they were given an option to choose Barabbas or, or Jesus, they chose Jesus to be crucified. It was them. It was the Jews right there, the same ones that were there in Jerusalem, that were there celebrating Passover. They were back there celebrating the day of Pentecost. It was the same ones that decided to crucify Jesus on the cross. And as he was preaching this to them, it began to prick their hearts. Conviction. Conviction came upon them. Sometimes when we preach stuff in the church, we preach what God says. That's all we preach. We preach the word of God. Sometimes it pricks our hearts. The question is, does it offend you or does it touch you? Does it minister to you? Does it convict you? Does it give you conviction? Or does it offend you? See, some people are going to come to the church, and it, the word of God's going to offend them. And they're going to walk right back out of the church and not come back. But that's okay. We're playing seeds. They may come back too. <clears throat> the difference is God's chosen choose for the word of God to convict them to convict them. And that's what we do in this place. That's why we're here today, because the word of God convicted us. Well, the word of God convicted them that day as well. And Peter saw that the word of God was convicting them. And, they, and also they stood up. But as it was convicting their heart, they stood up and cried out to Peter and to the other apostles to say, men, what shall we do? What are we supposed to do? Because it was convicting them. And Peter said unto them, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said unto them, repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, that is the keys to salvation. That day is the day that God gave Peter the keys to heaven, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We've got to repent. Repent. Turn away from our sins. Remember, repentance doesn't mean, God, please forgive me for my sins and then go right back out Monday and do the same thing. That's not repentance. You knew you, weren't, you, knew you were going to go out and do the same thing that you've been doing. <clears throat> true, true repentance is wanting to turn away from that sin. Saying, God, I'm so sorry for the sin that I've been in, the mess that I've been in, Lord. Lord, please forgive me, oh God. I don't want to be like I was before. I want to I live for you, God. I don't want to live for the world anymore. I want to live for you, God, because I've tried living for the world, and I know that the world has nothing but heartache for me. The world has nothing but death and destruction, God. And I don't want to follow the world or my flesh anymore, God. I want to follow you. I want victory. That's what true repentance is. We got to repent of our sins. Not only that, a lot of people think that, well, once saved, always saved. It's not so. Sometimes we've repented of our sins and, and we fall back into the same temptations. It happens. We strive for perfection, but none of us are perfect. So not only do you, must you repent one time, you've got to continue to repent all the time. Every day, every day, we need to repent. Sometimes we sin, and we don't even know that we sin. Lord, if there's anything, God, that I've done today, Lord, that I don't realize was sin. If there's any unforgiveness in my heart, God, that I haven't seen, Lord, please let me know, God. Show it to me, Lord. Please forgive me and help me, Lord, to turn away. We got to repent every day. Then that was the first key. No, notice he said I was going to give you the keys to the kingdom. It's not just one key, not just one key. He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So that's the first key. It's got three. It's got several locks on that door. We open each lock. We got to repent of our sins. That's the first. We always. That's first and foremost. You've got to repent of your sins. Now the other two can be interchangeable. He said, "Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus." Let me tell you something about the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. There's power in the name. There is none other name under heaven whereby which we must be saved than the name of Jesus. It's scripture, praise God. The name of Jesus has power. If you were baptized in the titles, the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost, let me tell you something. The name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus. Everywhere in the Bible, anybody was baptized was in the name of Jesus. They changed the baptism to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in around 300 A.D., 300 years after. Praise God. And they changed it officially in 325 A.D. at the Council of Nicaea. 
But before that, everywhere somebody was baptized, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. I don't know about you. I don't want to follow what the Catholic Church or whatever church has changed it to. I want to follow what Jesus' disciples did. And they baptized in the name of Jesus. So you must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. See, when we're taken down in that water, burial grave, and that's another thing. Baptism means to be submerged completely. It doesn't mean sprinkle some water on you. If you're watching on Facebook Live, if you had been sprinkled in baptism, I'm here to tell you it was wrong. It's okay, though. It's okay. Because you're alive and you got breath right now, it's not too late. You must be baptized, submerged in the water. Because when we're submerged in that water, all of our sins are taken away with, they're taken down with us. They're buried with us. We're buried in the water. Praise God. And when we come up, all those sins are washed away. They're as far from, they're as far from us as the east is to the west, God says. Praise God. We come up out of that buried that burial grave as a new creature, a new man. Praise God. And then he said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He didn't say you might receive it. <clears throat> he said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. If you go on, it says, for that promise is unto you. It wasn't just for them. It wasn't just for them on that day. It wasn't just for them in biblical times. He said, for the promise is unto you, to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. To all, to all, to all. The gift is for all, not just them, but us now. Now, if you know the Bible, you know that all these men and women, even though they were from different nations, they were all Hebrews. They were all Jews. They were all Jewish. And at this time, the spirit had fell out upon the Jews only. And I am most certain, and, and it is certain because I, I know my scripture, that they all believed that this was just for them. Because they were God's chosen people. They were God's chosen. So when... The word of God told us, or when, when, when Peter was preaching, for the promises unto you and your children, they believed that, that it was unto them and to their children. And they believed also that it was even as far off, as even as many as the Lord our God shall call. But they only believed that God was calling them because they were God's chosen people. They only believed it was for them. <clears throat> it wasn't until a little bit later, and I want to share this with you. In Acts chapter 10. It wasn't until later in Acts chapter 10 that we see that it wasn't just for the Jews. If you look in Acts chapter 10, there was, and I'm going to summarize because I think I, I, I lost the scripture that was on my notes. So I'm going to summarize. But in Acts chapter 10, there was a Caesarean. And I'm not a Caesarean. There was a, uh, um, uh, a Roman centurion in the city of Caesarea. Yes. And uh, his name was Cornelius. His name was Cornelius. Now, he was a Roman centurion, uh, uh, and he, he was not uh, a Jew. He was not a Jew. He was a Gentile, just like most of us in this place here are Gentiles. He was a Gentile. He wasn't Jew. A Gentile simply means everybody else that's not a Jew. Everybody else is not Hebrew. 
And he was a, a devout man, the word of God says. And he sought God. And he was praying. He was actually praying and fasting to God for what he should do. And God came to him in a vision. And he told him to send some men to the city of Joppa. And there they would find a man named Peter at a, at a house of a man named Simon. Uh, yeah, a man named Simon Peter at a house of a man named Simon who was a tanner. And he said, send your men there and bring Simon Peter back and he will give you what you need. So now if you know back then you had uh, Hebrew towns and, and we know that the whole area was occupied by the Roman people. Next to every Hebrew town what was pretty much every single Hebrew town was a Roman town. It was a Roman town. Now, the, the city of Joppa was the Hebrew town, and the city of Caesarea was the Roman town. And so it wasn't very far off, but very far, not very far to them was still close to a day's journey or half a day's journey. You know, it was probably like here to Savannah. You know, we could, we could drive to Savannah in a few minutes or say here to Hinesville. We could drive from here to Hinesville in 20 minutes. But if you walk from here to Hinesville, how long it's going to take you? It'd take you half a day to get there. Well, this is the same situation. He said, send your men over to Joppa. And so he sent, and, and he sent, they sent, their, he sent their, his men over to Joppa. And when they got there, or, or as they were getting there to Joppa, Peter, who was in Peter's, or, or Simon the Tanner's house, was, he went up to the top of the roof. They had flat roofs. You can go up there and you could see the skies and you could do stuff and you could pray. And that's what he was doing. It was about noontime and they were preparing dinner. And Peter was kind of hungry, but he went up to the very top and he began to pray. And God came to him in a vision. And I do have this in my notes. So Acts chapter 10, verse 11. He went up there and he began praying and God gave him a vision. And it says in uh, Acts chapter 10, verse 11. And I saw heaven open, and a certain vessel descended unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at four corners. It looked like a great sheet coming down from heaven. And it let down all the way to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth. There was beasts of all, all different animals of all over the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. In verse 13, and there came a voice to him, and it said, rise, Peter, kill, and eat. <clears throat> and Peter's like, Whoa, wait a minute. Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. You see, if you know anything about the Hebrews, they don't eat th certain things that are unclean, certain animals that are unclean, Okay. And there were all these animals coming down, all kinds of animals and unclean animals. And he said, I've never eaten anything unclean or common. <clears throat> In verse 15, and the voice spoke unto him again the second time. What God hath cleansed that call not thou common. He said, don't call anything common that I created, that I have cleansed. Praise God. And and. and <clears throat> Just as he was getting this division, and, and it was taken away, and there was some men that were coming at the door, and it was the men that Cornelius had sent to find Peter. And they began to knock on the door. 
And it says in verse 19, while Peter thought on the vision, he was thinking on that vision that he just saw. The spirit said unto him, behold, three men seek you. Arise, therefore, and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Praise God. <clears throat> and then we skip down to verse 28. They came, knocked on the door. Peter came down to the stairs. It says in Acts chapter 10, verse 28, he said unto them, you know that, it, or actually, we're, I'm skipping ahead. So they came, knocked on the door. Peter came down there, and he invited them in. Now, remember, these were Gentiles. And uh, if you know anything about the history of the Hebrews back then, they, they did not let anybody from uh, other nations come into their home. Not only that, but he said, come in. And they, they told him that, they, that their master had sent them to bring them to Joppa. And he said, okay, well, come in, sleep, and we'll go in the morning. Well, no Hebrew back then would have invited uh, a Gentile into their home to sleep, okay? But he knew God said, do what they say. And he knew it was of God. So he invited them in. They came in. They slept. Next morning they got up, <clears throat> and they went to the city of Caesarea. When they got to the city of Caesarea, in Acts chapter 10, verse 28, it says that Peter said unto them, it was, it was uh, Cornelius and his entire household, and, and he had a lot of servants, a lot of family that lived in his household. He said, you know that it is unlawful, he, it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come into, unto one of another nation. He said, but God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Praise God. So he came in and, and he began to minister unto Cornelius and his family, his household, his servants. And, every, and not only that, there were other people that were there that came that wanted to hear. <clears throat> and it says... In Acts chapter 10, verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, of truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Praise God with him. And he began preaching to them. And he began preaching the same message that he preached on the day of Pentecost. He began preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it began to prick their hearts. And it tells us in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, While Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that which heard the word. And they, listen, they of circumcision, meaning the Jews, the Hebrews that came with them because there were some Jews that came that were with them. It says they which were of circumcision that believed were astonished. They were amazed as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this was when the time that the church realized it wasn't just for the Hebrews. It wasn't just for the Jews. It was for every creature. He said all, all, every nation under heaven. Praise God. <clears throat> Listen to this. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus, then prayed 
to them. I missed a part. That's okay. Somebody find Acts chapter. That's okay. I don't need that one. Anyways, it also tells us they realized that they got the Holy Ghost because they were speaking in tongues. Amen. See, there's an evidence of the Holy Ghost. The evidence is when we speak in other tongues. And people, a lot of times what people don't understand, they think that they might have got the Holy Ghost because they felt that feeling. It's a good feeling. And I know because I, I, and anybody who's got the Holy Ghost, they've had that feeling too. But that feeling you get just before you get the Holy Ghost. God moving in the church. Maybe, maybe it's during the worship. Maybe it's during the altar call. And God's moving and it feels so good. And sometimes sometimes people misunderstood. They, th- they understand. They think they got the Holy Ghost at that point. But no, they got, you got to keep on praying through because there's more. There's evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. You got to keep praying. When you get that feeling, when you start feeling that, you say, God, fill me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Oh, I love you, God. I seek you in all of your ways. Keep pushing through because I'm here to tell you, you keep pushing through. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. And you'll begin to speak in other tongues, a language that you don't even understand. You just start saying, I love you, God. I love you, God. I seek you in all of your ways. And, And you let your mouth go. Let your mouth just keep talking and and don't hold back and eventually it's just going to start speaking another language and you're not going to understand and I'm here to tell you at that point it's a feeling like you've never felt before before I got into church I was in drugs and alcohol and all this other mess I was always trying to find something to fill that void and 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 I, I could tell you any person that's been on any drugs they could tell you they're always trying to get that get that high that they that they once had uh, they, 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 and they just trying to get that high. They just take more drugs and more drugs. But I'm here to tell you, when I got the Holy Ghost, it was better than any drug I had ever taken. It was better than any feeling that I had ever felt in my entire life. I finally was filled, filled with what was missing in my life. It was the Holy Spirit, God, dwelling in me. Praise God. And that gift is not just for us. It's for everybody in every nation. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Every person. This gift is available for every person. Every person. Now, praise God. I'm getting close to the end. I got a few more scriptures. But if somebody wants to get some altar call music ready, I'm getting close. You see, the Hebrews, the Jews, they thought this gift is for us. We're God's chosen people. And I'm sure, I am most certain that before Peter and before this vision, I am most certain that any Hebrew in the church because they were all Hebrews at that time. Any Hebrew Christian, they looked at others, Gentiles, and what they saw is that this is not for them. They cannot be saved. 
This is what they felt. This was just for them. They were God's chosen people. They were the only ones that could gain salvation, life with God, everlasting life in heaven. Well, you get a new body. You don't ever feel any more pain, no more sorrow. This was just for them because they were God's chosen people. <clears throat> There's two things I want to get to cross to you from this message today. Two things. First of all, the gift of the Holy Ghost is for us right here and now in this time. It wasn't just in biblical times because we're still living in the book of Acts. We are. Did you know that? Did you know there's only two books in, in the book of Acts is one of them in, in all of the New Testament that does not end in amen. And that's and the reason is, is because it's not finished yet. We're still living in the book of Acts. It was not just for them. <clears throat> it even as many as far off as our Lord shall call. This gift is for us today. That's the first thing I want to get across in this message today. The second thing is, this is important. The second thing is, just as those Hebrews, those Jews that were Christians, looked at others, the Gentiles, and they, they knew that it wasn't for them. They, th this gift wasn't for them. It was just for us. We're God's chosen people. How many of you today, and be honest with yourself, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand, <clears throat> but be honest with yourself. How many have ever looked at someone, whether it be on the street, at a restaurant, wherever it may be, and you looked at that person and felt in your heart, maybe you didn't say this, or but you felt in their heart that they were too far gone. Maybe you got family members that are, are, are atheists, and, and they don't believe in God. And, and, you, and you've, how many of you ever thought that this just wasn't for them? The gift of the Holy Ghost is for everybody. And it doesn't matter what nation you're from. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, what color you are, what language you speak. It doesn't matter what background you have, what financial background you have. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you ain't got a cent to your name. It doesn't matter. This gift is for you. It's gift is for every single person. Don't ever think that it's not for them. Because it's for everybody. It's for everybody. Amen. Praise God. It's for everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Joel chapter 2. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. It's for every single person. It doesn't say all of my chosen. It doesn't say. It says all flesh. He will pour out his spirit. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 26. For you are all. You are all the children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. For as many of you <clears throat> as have been baptized under Christ have put on Christ. You see, the gift is for everybody. The, gift, the, the question is, do you choose to accept that gift? That's the only question. Do you, do you choose to accept? Because it is for everybody. We just have to choose to receive it. Do you receive that today? Do you receive that today? 
It goes on, it says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. You hear that? It's not just the Jews that are Abraham's seed. All that believe in Jesus are Abraham's seed. We have been adopted into God's chosen Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And it says, and heirs according to the promise. Heirs according to the promise. I want to open up this altar this morning. And I know that some of you have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of you haven't been filled. It's okay. But if you're seeking the Holy Ghost this morning, this altar is open for you. Seek God. Repent. And seek God this morning. Seek the Holy Ghost. the God dwelling in you. And even if you've got the Holy Ghost, it doesn't matter. We need to pray through every day. We need the Holy Ghost every day. It encourages us. It lifts us up. It ministers unto them. This altar is open for you this morning as well. I want to open this altar for every single person in this church this morning. Come down. and Just come down and magnify. God. Go before him. Repent to him right now. Turn away from any sins that's in your life and and seek him this morning for that gift, that promise is for all. It's for every single one of us. Oh, let's magnify him. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, we worship you this morning. We seek you this morning in all your ways. Oh, thank you, Lord. It tells us in Revelations chapter 5, verse 9, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and began to sing. They lifted their hands unto God, worshiping Him, magnifying Him. Oh, hallelujah. If you think you're going to get to heaven if you think you're going to get there and you're only going to see people that look like you talk like you act like you i'm here to tell you it's going to be people of all different nations all different colors all different i'm here to tell you there's going to be a multitude of different languages tongues it tells us kindreds oh they all stood before the throne magnifying god worshiping him can we do that this morning Thank you for listening to Life UPC Richmond Hills Audio Cast.